The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Power of Water. I'm Sharon Kleina. I'm starting my sixth year with this show, and worldwide, we've gone into Kenya, we've gone into Holland, we've gone all over the world. We discuss water issues and what is happening out in the world of nature. And as you know, uh, this show is bringing you the most wonderful, exciting, experienced and professional and outrageously celebrity guests from all over the world that have come to the show and given us outlooks on learning how to think about the earth we're living with. And it's not corny. We've been learning about nutrition. We've been learning about your eyes. We've been learning about your skin. We've been learning about everything there was to learn, how to grow your crops, how to do your um, all of your different indoor plants, uh, you name it. We've been learning how to live this life on Earth. But the subject is water. And it's like when you drive through California. I was just in California this last week. And you're driving into California, it says on the big signs, water makes everything grow. Stop and think. It's only 100% water makes everything grow. Did you know that when you left your mother's womb and you entered in the air from that water and you entered into the air you live in that delivery room, you are walking around dry for the first time, but you're water. You're walking water too. Without the water, there is no life. But there's another water to study, the humidity, which Biologic Aqua Research Center, which I am the founder, um, our center is the global leader of studying the life of water and also your water as a person and what it takes for you to be able to supplement the water, to replace it. And our focus is only that. 100% water, no added ingredients to it. With life and water on earth, it must be there forever. And you're living in the humidity of water, and without the humidity of water being clean and being uh, able to be your organism or your body to live and the organism of a leaf on a tree or the blade of grass and all animals and life in the soil, you've got to have water and you have to have humidity. So that's why important, how important this show is. Did you know out of all of the water on this earth, only 3% is fresh water, but only out of 3%, there's only 1% fresh water you can use, and that's for an eternity. So stop and think that if your body and your, the future of all life on earth, plus our soil, plus our earth living in the solar system, has to exist on the fresh water, the water of the earth, the ocean, 
that you must live on 1% only, stop and think how important that is. Now, National Geographic, I'm bringing it to your attention, came out with an issue in, uh, in April of 2010 that was called, uh, titled All Water, 100% Water. Go get that issue. Order that issue from National Geographic. You'll be shocked what you'll learn. How important. But we've been having water wars going on for decades, centuries. The water wars that have been going on long before you've probably heard about it have started a lot of the problems that we're having worldwide with war and issues and tribes of different countries. Countries that are in the sand today that used to have water. And you may stop and think about other planets that they seem to not have water. Maybe they did at one time. Our issues are maybe in the far, far future, they might discover, if we're not careful, that we did at one time too. But today we have water, and we must find it critical to protect that water from, uh, from contamination. We must protect that water at all times. It's the number one subject of all there is with life is the water. And the humidity that you're living in, the water, every day is vital to your organism and how you're living and all plants of life and all life on earth. I want to invite you to listen today. I'm having a special guest, Ray Cooper. Ray is in Southern Oregon. I'm living in Southern Oregon. I'm coming to you from Grants Pass, Oregon, on the famous banks of the Rogue River at the Biologic Aqua Research Center. Roy Cooper is um, going to talk to us today about the importance and benefit of going green with the building materials when you're building a home or a building. Um, it is important to learn more about that. And I will bring up to Roy about insulation also. Then our second guest today is Larry Ford. Larry Ford is in Southern Oregon, and we're going to discuss soil and water conservation and the history of the soil and water districts. And I'm sure he will know a lot about what's going on throughout the whole United States. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Did you know that the surface of your eyes at the corneal level area is a tear film? Nature gave you a tear film, three layers, to be able to protect you from moisture loss so the water will be able to be absorbed into for the eye to be able to be protected and your immunity protection. Did you know that the surface of your eye is 100% natural water at the surface in the aqueous layer? What do you think dry eye is? And vision impairment, loss of water. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. It has just a supplement to keep that supplemented with tissue culture grade of water. We'll be right back with Roy. <laughs> Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. 
You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Roy, are you with us? I am. Good morning. Well, well, good morning to you. And we're both in Southern Oregon. I don't too often get people in Southern Oregon, so it's kind of fun to have people close to home. Well, that's very exciting for both of us then. Glad to talk to you. Well, thank you for joining us. And I was really excited that Polly Featherton, my program director, uh, got this subject, uh, the importance and benefit of going green with our building materials and and uh, what we're putting inside of our buildings. Because, Roy, I'm the founder of Biologic Aqua Research, and I've been doing a lot of studying about indoor conditions for dryness of the body, for um, the organism cannot breathe. Because uh, the humidity uh, is almost scarce, almost difficult to find inside of our buildings today since insulation was invented. Um, mm. Tell us about what you're thinking about the importance and benefits of going green with the building materials and uh, all. Well, for, from our perspective, we do windows, doors, and uh, moldings and millwork, for example. And today, homes are built so much tighter. Uh, that our, our concern and our clients' concerns is more around uh, keeping as much of the formaldehyde out of their homes as possible. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, formaldehyde is a naturally occurring chemical. It's available in wood. Uh, so we actually want to keep that out. And one of the things that we do is we offer, for example, uh, doors that are, have cores made of recycled wheat straw, mm-hmm. which is very Now, can you describe that to us? Because our listeners are going to be very fascinated with this show on this subject. Now, what, when they're, it's made out of wheat straw, have you ever seen them make that? So you can no, see... I, I haven't seen them make it, but I have seen it, and I actually have big chunks of it here. It's, it's fascinating mm-hmm. because... It used to be if you got a solid core door, it was mm-hmm. made with particle board, which mm-hmm. is just urea resins uh, mm-hmm. mixed with sawdust, and it's just terrible. Uh, mm-hmm. When they do the compressed wheat straw, they're not using any glues to hold the, the straw together. They're just okay. compressing it and then sticking it uh-huh. in, into a door. Mm-hmm. So it's almost, almost formaldehyde-free. Uh-huh. Now, when you say almost, <laughs> how much is the almost? Well, the, it, it's hard for me to quantify that. But okay, that's okay. Because formaldehyde is naturally occurring in yeah. organic material. Yeah. On talk shows it's like such this, a minuscule amount. Yeah, on talk shows like this, always forgive us because when we go to ask the question, because of what you just said, one and somebody in the audience is going to wonder <laughs> almost what. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, so formaldehyde to you and what you've been learning – about the safety and healthy living and, and conditions of living in a building or being in a building to work. Um, and so you, it's getting rid of the formaldehyde down to almost nothing uh, with, uh, within what's, what's important to, to be able to 
form the material. The, uh, the materials have to be made with certain criteria, we know, or they won't be able to stick together. <clears throat> and there you uh, go. But you're finding out that there's other ways. What are some of the other things they're doing? Oh, for example, uh, instead of using particle board shelving in the mm-hmm. closets and the linen closets uh, and pantries, we can switch that to metal shelving. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, metal may not be as green to some people as a wood product, but when your house is so airtight... You have to pick your priorities. And the, the priority in, in, in a, for example, an Earth Advantage house where it's really tight, it's a very tight envelope, we got to keep the, the formaldehyde out of that. We might go to formaldehyde free uh, moldings and trims around doors and windows. Mm-hmm. The customer may opt to not put carpet in their homes and uh, do a greener flooring. But I, Again, we don't do the flooring, but I know a lot of uh, folks building homes today are looking at every avenue they can uh, that they have control over because there's so much they don't have control over. Mm-hmm. Well, it's keeping away from the chemicals that are in the materials. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, granite, what I learned countertops here, is another great example. Yeah, Roy, what I was learning when I was studying all this for the dehydration of the body and all living <clears throat> life, the dehydration indoors when you're working indoors and, and sleeping and living indoors, conditions that uh, it is so airtight and then all of the forced air, heating and cooling, whoever invented insulation, for what reason? Uh, we all know the common sense to what it was in- invented for, but what it did to the human health. is mm-hmm. health, The body and the health of the all life, like your plants indoors, they have to have humidity. And a certain amount of humidity is your uh, immunity protection for fighting bacteria or detoxifying. You've got to have a certain amount. There are more diseases today than ever in history. Indoor conditions are a pit. So it's getting rid of some of those chemicals because they're not going to get rid of insulated windows and walls and and the houses. Uh, I've often said to people, Roy, to keep a window open, even if it costs you a little bit of money, Throughout the year, let some moisture come in the room. But when you're saying when they're getting more to these types of materials, there won't be so much chemical in the materials. Well, that's the direction that we're all moving to. Mm-hmm. And the other part of it is, uh, I mean, there there are some very expensive ways to accomplish uh, the kind of things that we we all want to green in, in our homes. What what folks like me are doing are constantly shopping for cost-effective ways yes. Yes. Of, of accomplishing these things. No, most people can't afford to be on the cutting edge, the bleeding edge of our technologies. So it's folks like me May I who ask happen you to something? live in areas like this where people Roy, are so Roy, why is it so expensive to get something that is so vital to everybody's health? Oh, it's such an easy question. And, and folks around here who, they don't understand that most of the country is not as green as we are here on the left coast. So most of the country, the, the building materials manufacturers, they're just not interested because most people around this country at this point in time really aren't that interested. So us out here who want this, we have to pay more for it. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of what you hear really is just greenwashing. It's just not really green yet. Mm-hmm. And so when the, when, when the manufacturers are forced, the economies of scale will push the cost down. But we're really not there yet. Do you think, you know, Ray, uh, do you think, you know, and our show's been all over the world, um, uh, do you believe that uh, the green movement is going in the wrong way for people to be so misunderstanding that we need green cars because of the air? Do you think that possibly we're being more affected by the indoor conditions of our lives because we're indoors so much with our working conditions or manufacturing conditions, working indoors, office buildings, our homes that we sleep in. Do you think that that should be more of a priority for thinking more green than the automobile first? Well, again, the problem we have uh, is that even folks who are really into it and want to be green and see the benefit, especially when we have an economy like we have today, they can't afford to go that route. They'd like to, but it's difficult. I think it's going to be a slow evolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I think that's the best answer I can give you on that. I, I, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who are building homes because that's the business I'm in. Mm-hmm. And we have conversations about how far they can go, how much they can afford. And that's why I'm constantly looking for products that people can afford and keep pushing that envelope of what they can get involved in. Now, what about the uh, paints? When they're painting and the the walls and the woodwork and everything, is the paint also? Can you? Do they have available like at at Lowe's and Home Depots and all these different places to go to buy your paint? Um, do they have paint available that's more doesn't have all of the chemistry, chemicals in it that cause you so much pollution? Absolutely. What uh, are those paints? Fact, you know them? Water-based paints for years and years and okay, years now, okay. uh, and they only get better, and that removes all those volatile. Uh, the VOCs. So the, the companies with the paint, the paint companies, they're, they're, the inventors of paint, have gotten more um, aggressive so long ago to get away from those chemicals. Getting to the water base. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. What else is out there that people uh, stain when you're staining your wood? Is that also uh, something that's not so much pollution into the that once it's pa- dry? Is it? Is there different ones out there that don't have so much chemical pollution in them? Well, I, I wish I, I wish I could say I'm an expert in everything, Sharon. No, I, we're not talking experts. We're talking familiarity. Well, no, that, this is not a familiar, familiar area for me. Okay. I, I do know that I, as, as far as paints are concerned, we're, we're getting more to waterborne. I really couldn't tell you as far as uh, the okay. stains and, and, okay. and the finishes on wood. Uh, I'm, I'm not real up on that. What I could tell you, though, is that we have new technologies and windows that are making uh, – we have some really big strides about to take place even during the next 12 months. Wow, tell us. Uh, because that's that's my field. Okay. Uh, the cost of going to triple glazed windows, which today would be a window that's fifty percent more energy efficient than Energy Star, mm-hmm. has actually dropped so far in price mm-hmm. that it is a real cost effective way for people. You can put in an extra thirty percent on your windows today and get that right back out of it over the next five years. It's a great payback now. Mm-hmm. 
I'd love to see. Now, when people. you say payback, explain that to our audience worldwide. What you is saving money on what? You're saving money on your energy bills. Uh huh. So the money that you save on your energy bills today, this mm-hmm. year, and next year, and the year after. You're using that to pay for the additional mon- amount of money you, you, you put into making your windows more energy efficient. Now, what, what are they doing to do that? Is that one, are they wooden windows or uh, aluminum? These, these are vinyl windos. Vinyl windows. Which, uh, for, for years, a lot of folks did not consider vinyl windows to be green. But mm-hmm. I was very happy when I saw treehuggers.com finally relented and said, yes, we do consider vinyl windows to be green. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's a very cost-effective way for someone to put new windows in their home and upgrade the look of their home and at the same time cut their energy bills by a minimum of 20%, and then you just go up from there. Does a power company have a rebate also if you've been, like they do with other things like the roof or whatever? I Do you get a rebate on if you do go green? It, it depends on your area, and I know that your show has a very, very wide reach. So I will say this. There used to be some very good federal uh, tax credits and rebates, and they're gone right now. They did, okay. Congress did not renew them. But in our area here in Southern Oregon, just as an example, Ashland, the city of Ashland offers a $6 a square foot rebate if you'll put new windows in that are at least Energy Star compliant. Mm-hmm. That means the city of Ashland will pay 70% of the cost of your new windows. Okay. 70%. Wow. Huge. If you happen to live in other areas in southern Oregon, mm-hmm. uh, the, the gas company Avista has rebates. Uh, if you are on electric but outside of Ashland, uh, there is the Energy Trust of Oregon, and they're offering rebates. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's still money to be had. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are a, if you have rental properties, the state of Oregon is offering, I believe it's 35 percent back mm-hmm. if you if you replace the windows in your rental properties. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you a real tricky question here, Roy. On the, window, on the windows uh, that are airtight, airtight, I hope they all can be opened up so that people can get the humidity in and the fresh air because I'm totally convinced that our indoor conditions are very serious to the health hazards today that in my research that dehydration of the body is from the moment you were born, Roy, and you come forward, is loss of water in the body, diseases uh, or dehydration to your final passing, and the indoor conditions are so airtight. Are are they coming up with any new ideas for putting moisture in the air if they're going to make it airtight? Is there any new ideas in the different circulation systems that put some moisture in the air to help people uh, be able to have uh, humidity in the air? Well, uh, I'll, I'll say yes, but I'll put a caveat on it. Okay. Uh, so yes, there are available in most windows that we that we represent, most vinyl windows that we represent. You can have what's called a fresh air vent. Okay. And you can constantly have your house refreshing. Okay. But the caveat is, you really need to do it in conjunction with a professional 
uh, installation of your HVAC system. You need to have these things working together. That the, the house is really a system. Mm-hmm. And if you just helter-skelter make changes in that air circulation system, mm-hmm. you can actually have detrimental impacts on your home. Uh, so the, 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 the HVAC systems, in the, for example, in an Earth Advantage house, is specifically designed to refresh the air in the home X amount of times in a 24-hour period. It's designed a certain way based upon the fact that the home is so airtight. So I hope I answered that. It was a tricky question. No, no. Uh, yeah, the question is, uh, you know, it's, it's a research side of me and the world coming that indoor conditions are very dry, Roy. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, and, and maybe we ought to start a... Um, here in Southern Oregon, a, what they make vases to send all over the world, and but all you have to do is take a pottery of water, a vase of water, a bowl of water, and put it in each room, and the water, and then in a very beautiful design and artistic-looking vases, and put water in them, and the air will pick out of that water and the vase what it needs. Well, I do that all winter long. Yeah. With the windows being closed and the heating drying out of the house, so that's for me that's been a norm for many many years now. Uh, we come to this time of year; it's beautiful out there. Open the windows. Open the what windows. For open them yeah. up. Open. Get that humidity in there. Yeah, that well, moisture level has to get in. It's beautiful there. out there. Now I don't know if I could say that to somebody who lives in Arizona or across the world. Degrees out there, they've got a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there something else that you think you'd like the listeners to learn more about? Uh, now, oh, you mentioned doors. We've mm-hmm. talked about windows. What about the doors? Well, we actually do have doors with built-in windows. Okay. So there, there's an opportunity right there, uh, uh, having, having a door uh, near your kitchen or your uh, mudroom. You we, have, we have doors that look good, and you can open them up. Uh-huh. We also have door systems where the doors swing, but they have mm-hmm. screens on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of folks now are not covering their doors up with uh, storm doors, for example, because they're kind of unsightly. Mm-hmm. And that, that's another opportunity for us to put a rollaway screen, a hideaway screen on there so they can open their doors and still have fresh air. Right. There we go. You just <laughs> you made my day. <laughs> Yeah, uh, in fact, uh, Roy, uh, year-round, I keep windows open. And uh, we're living in a house that's over 70 years old, doesn't have the insulation, and uh, antique front door, things like that. It's like a cabin on the road. But anyway, uh, we nice. I keep the windows open to get the, get even if we don't. We have a moisture. We have the humidity coming through the house. A lot of healthiness going on in the house. People are always wondering why we're not ever sick ever. It's because you. But my research is proving that you must keep yourself detoxified, drinking eight to ten glasses of water. But you've also got to have that humidity around you to be able to detoxify a healthy humidity, humidity, and um, and supplement if you need to with the bowls of water or handheld devices to supplement humidity with a mist. But uh, there's something about keeping your windows open and opening the door for just a little while a day to get that fresh air and humidity in there. 
And here in southern Oregon right now, we're going to have the most beautiful weather today. I guess it's going to be about 80. So all my windows are open already. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so we're all listening out there. But is there anything else that you think you we got about five minutes left? Is there something else that you think it's important for us to learn more about uh, the materials and, and, and thinking about green? And where do we go on the website to learn about this? Well, uh, folks can go to our website, which is superiorforwindows.com, mm-hmm. and we have lots of links. We have links to uh, the Energy Trust of Oregon and, and, and other uh, places where you can get information about uh, tax rebates, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I think is very, very important for folks is that they talk with someone who's knowledgeable uh, we, we strongly believe and we support all by local organizations in Southern Oregon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because you, you're just not gonna get good, cost effective information by going to a big box store. Well, uh, you, you need to come to somebody right, who really right. cares and knows about it. And that's yeah. your local guy. He's your neighbor. Yeah, you just said something very important. When the person walks in, to go into any building supply, make sure you're talking to somebody who has a lot of ex- information and extensive experience. I do that in stores. I'll say, how, much, how long have you been here? And how, what's, your, what's your experiences? And it really zeroes in very quickly if you're talking to somebody who really has experience. Uh, you have to be concerned about people who want to greenwash things because that's right. all that they know. Uh, just so folks out there know, Superior Windows and Doors, uh, it was on the Green Building Task Force and the Home Builds Association. We pushed very hard for lots of information to come out of the HBA to help folks uh, to understand what's available for them. We also uh, started up a, uh, a chapter of the U.S. Green Building Council here in Southern Oregon. Mm-hmm. And so we've been instrumental in trying to push this uh, this philosophy, uh, let's just call it eco-friendliness. Uh, I, oh, moved from New York, I moved from New York City to Oregon, uh-huh. and I know what the, the huge difference mm-hmm. between that environment and this, and I feel great out here, and I want other people who come here to embrace that also. Now, and I noticed on my notes here that you had something to do with this extreme makeover. What does that mean? Oh, well, uh, ABC has a home, has a program called a, uh, Extreme Home Makeover, mm-hmm. and they find a needy family. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, in Southern Oregon, they found a, a, a family that had been uh, very heavily involved with the Sparrows uh, and, and helping autistic children. And they mm-hmm. have a couple of autistic children. And what mm-hmm. they do is they, they, they find these families who are living in not very good conditions, and they build them a new house. Oh, and you were uh, part of that? And they built these folks the most amazing house uh, uh, and, and, and suitable for their autistic children. Aww. And when we got the phone call from the builder saying, hey, could you help us? And I had them describe the house to me. I said, oh, my gosh, this is a perfect way for me to get my point across. Because yeah. when Extreme Makeover had built a similar house in the past that was as green as they were intending to build, they went and put got windows put in that cost a hundred thousand dollars. I won't even mention the brand. We got them windows that were 
virtually identical in energy savings, and they would only have cost that homeowner twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, and these are big houses. Yeah, and that may sound like a lot of money to people, but I'm just trying to get the point across the huge difference in price between what one person is offering for being green and what somebody else can do who's creative. Right. Right. And I guaranteed nobody could have ever noticed the difference. They right. looked virtually the same, and their mm-hmm. energy savings were virtually the same. Mm-hmm. But a little creativity goes a long way. Now, do you think when they decided to do the extreme, how did the people, well, you've only got a minute left, when the people qualified to have the extreme makeover and come to Southern Oregon, did they well, go I out and Well, I know that there were quite a few people who had requested it. Okay. And there was, they had come here and they had they had like five or six families they were considering, and it was at the very, very last minute when they made their final decision. So there okay. is a process that you go through. Okay, so you, did you did you become familiar with that process so you can tell us a little bit about it? No, they, they really don't. Uh, I, I only got that uh, through okay. being involved with the builder. Now, where would they go? The where would our audience go to see the home, the extreme makeover home that they did? Is there a website to go to? Uh, we have a link on our site. Okay, that they so could they could go to, to superiorfourwindows.com. And uh, but you could go to abc.com and okay, click on and extreme Southern home Oregon. makeover, extreme and they could get makeover. it that way too. Uh-huh. Uh, the house is really off the beaten path, so there's just no way you could actually drive by it and actually see it. Right. Yeah, well, they, they could see it probably a picture on the website. Yes, and we have lots of photos of it on our website. Yeah, I bet it was a lot of fun. You know what it was? It, it was a lot of community involvement. Oh, yes, yeah. And, and that's the best part of it, watching all these people come together. And, and uh, when, when, we, when, it, when our customers found out that we were doing it, that we had 24 of our customers come to us and say, how can we volunteer to go out there and put those windows in for them? Oh, my goodness. So we co- actually coordinated the crew and we carpooled them down of our mm-hmm. customers who wanted to come and help. Oh, yeah. That it is exciting. Wonderful. Isn't it that exciting? Wonderful. You know, I need to tell you before you go, I came from a family where my father, after World War II was over, he became a builder, contractor, designer, and uh, out of Roseburg, Oregon. And uh, he was the founder of bringing aluminum windows to the state of Oregon and Northwest for the first time in history in the early 50s. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with a background of understanding uh, what you're doing, and uh, about the windows and the doors and the finished work and uh, what goes into getting a home to be the home uh, to be built. And uh, my father with the window company up in Portland, um, I ended up, we ended up moving to Portland, Oregon, with this huge window company that was just growing outrageous because they had never had anything but wooden before. So they went to aluminum for the first time. And but that was so long ago, and uh, now you're to uh, you've got other types of materials. That's right, and and we and, and it's evo- it's an evolving thing. I mean, the aluminum made a big difference in people's lives, and now vinyl is doing that vinyl. for people. It's, mm-hmm. It it really does make a, a a life change for you when you can cut your energy bills by thirty percent. Mm-hmm. Your house vinyl, is cooler in the summer, and it's warmer in the winter. Yeah. Now on the vinyl to keep those really clean uh, and from staining. Is that easy to keep clean, too? 
I, I was just at a home a couple of weeks ago, and I thought the windows were brand new, and it turned out they were put in there in 1997. Okay. Uh, as, as long okay. as you don't scratch them, right. you can just hose them off, and really, uh, mm-hmm. they're almost, almost maintenance-free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my experience. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we're uh, out of time, and I want to tell you, I've learned a lot, and uh, you are a world, world of information on green with building. Uh, uh, this is the first time we've ever had anybody on. We've had a lots of things uh, of, 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 uh, of green uh, thinking about the building and indoor conditions, outdoor conditions, but we've never had gotten into the materials like you did for us today, Roy. It gets us all to thinking, and uh, it is so important when we're getting ready to do a pr- something to our homes or our buildings that we may think it out and start shopping for the less expensive, not so expensive, get, so we can go green. It makes it, a healthier environment. It is, it is within the reach of all your listeners. Yeah, and you know, if, if so a person has all the money in the world, shouldn't they be thinking about what is uh, not so expensive and then they can put some money towards some other things to make sure that the, the home is going to be a healthy environment? That's so important. And tell Polly I said hi. And I will. And you're on a hiking trip somewhere around southern Oregon. Okay. Well, it's nice to talk with you, Roy. You have a nice day, and tell everyone in your company I said hello. Thank you very much. Thank nice you. You have a nice Sarah. day, and you be well. Bye. Bye. Well, we learned a lot today because that's something to think about. You know, when you're sitting inside of your building right now or your home listening to the show and and you're moving around, you're thinking about, you know, I never thought about indoor conditions being so dry and not enough humidity. You must have moisture in the air to survive. Yes, you need to drink 8 to 10 glasses of water a day, water with nothing added to it. It's vital to your solvent. It dissolves the problems in your body and helps you with sinuses and allergies and and the different viruses and, and probably fight the diseases that you don't know you might be acquiring. But the humidity in the air is your detoxifier. It's your immunity protection. It's that water in the air you do not see that is vital to your health. Always remember that. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with just a mist. Did you know that the surface of your eye is water? What is vision impairment? Dry eye. Going too dry. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Larry Ford. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. 
That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Larry, are you with us? Yes, I am. Well, it's nice of you to join us today. We've had on, the, on our show in Kenya and Holland, all over the world, in uh, South Dakota, North Dakota, uh, this subject. And uh, today we're going to be able to find out where you're coming from with the history of not just in Southern Oregon, but the history of how important it is for the life of soil and the water that must be able to keep it fertile and the moisture in the air that keeps it fertile. So uh, today let's see what you can teach us about what you've been learning about, how important it is for the farmers and everyone to have a healthy soil and have the water for the irrigation. And what are you, where are you coming from with this for us? Well, you know, the Soil and Water Conservation Districts were formed in uh, 1937. Mm-hmm. Uh, at first, because of the, of the Dust Bowl, you know, it actually blew topsoil clear into the Atlantic Ocean from the central part of the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt created what he called the um, Soil Conservation Service. It was a federally mandated program. Um, after a couple of years, they realized that because of how diverse our climate and our soil and our water needs are across the, the uh, United States, he asked the states to form conservation districts. Mm-hmm. Um, Oregon passed theirs in about 1937. The first district was actually in Klamath, Klamath County, up in the northern part of the county. Um, Josephine County uh, was divided in two soil and water conservation districts in 1949, the Josephine Soil and Water and also I, Illinois Valley. So now in the United States in 1937, every state in the country was doing what you were, what this area was doing. Well, actually it took from about 1940 to about 1952 to get um, it completely, you know, across the United States, uh, different mm-hmm. States and counties brought, came in at different times. Now there's a conservation district, at least one, in every county in every mm-hmm. state of the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so, uh, the, and what you do as uh, conservation is you go in and you work with the farmers in the different areas. So that they do you go in and help them? Or are they well? Con- not only what we are not we are not any sort of a regulatory agency. So what we do is we go out through education and mm-hmm. find people that have projects. It's not only just farmers. It's rural and, and uh, count, uh, you know, uh, urban. Okay. We do water, uh, water uh, quality uh, programs. We do mm-hmm. a lot of um, noxious weed removal. Okay, um, there we go. Mm-hmm. We are doing now um, fields reduction because of the fire dangers, and particularly in our part of the county, is, you know, it's really high. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing a lot of that now. Would you explain that? You know, we're a, a show that goes all over the world. Um, could you explain what you just said about uh, the fire? You're going out and looking. Are you going out and looking at where? But by the way, light listeners, here in southern Oregon is a enormous amount of ranges with the most beautiful trees you ever saw in your life. Um, and there's, we're coming to a season that will be dry. And then, and there's fire hazards. So, would you explain to the world out there, Larry, what you're saying? Okay. What we do is we do um, private ownership. Uh, the Bureau of Land Management and the National Forest Service do all the uh, federally controlled properties. 
we do like say if you're on 10 acres and you've got a a, a fire danger on your property mm-hmm. we come out and re- remove thin some of the uh the the woody get rid of all the ladder fuel mm-hmm. and that's what really causes the fires in our particular well actually anywhere but specifically us ladder fuel creates a lot of intensity in fires and then the fires start to what we call hop from treetop to treetop mm-hmm. and they it spreads rapidly Mm-hmm. So if you have an, an area, we do a lot of uh, some of the elderly people that, you know, maybe can't do it themselves anymore. Mm-hmm. We go out and, and reduce the uh, ladder fuel and, and the fire danger um, just around the property. I said the federal mm-hmm. um, has large projects like that that they do across the uh, federally controlled land in southern Oregon, which is about mm-hmm. 70% of our county, by the way. Okay. Now, on the, I know we've had on here uh, from South Dakota, uh, one of the largest organic farmers, uh, generations of farmers in the world, in this country, uh, and they were saying how they could grow the, the way the land is tilled, and, and you don't need as much water as, as it once was decided. In other words, you don't have to irrigate as much. They only had four inches of rain, so they learn how, how you're tilling your land. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about what you've learned about, let's say you have that fertile land that we have here in southern Oregon, but are they learning to till the land in the seasons to keep the the soil fertile and alive and they don't have to use as much water? Yeah, there have been a lot of changes over the years in, in how you know farmland is tilled, um, like I said, not only just here but everywhere. You know, a lot of the practices that were done in the 50s and 60s where they did, you know, deep, Tilling is really mm-hmm. not the best for our soil, mm-hmm. and so a lot of the practice, a lot of the local uh, farmers and small ranchers around here now are, are, are have changed a lot in how they uh, till their soil uh, as far as depths and times mm-hmm. uh, to to maximize the the water retention. You know, right? It's so important. You know, it is so. We've had a family that have been generations of uh, organic farming on here, um, and it just absolutely is so fascinating to listen to how you till it up. This, uh, the soil is alive. We People forget that uh, here, Larry. It is living organism is soil, and if we're going to hang on to this planet Earth and the water, number one, that it takes to keep it fertile and the life on Earth to be fertile and healthy and detoxified, the water is vital. But soil must be kept alive. It cannot let... Um, become distinctive. Uh, you know, when I go into California, Larry, it just breaks my heart when I drive into Southern California and see all those uh, agricultural fields just hard as can be, uh, l- like the soil is is, is gone um, because they didn't want to, They didn't want to add any. They didn't want to have any uh, irrigation systems going anymore. Right. We're and, actually doing. We're in the process right now. One of the projects we're going to start here in one of our local areas is a there's a, a water system that's been around since well actually I know because my grandparents actually started it um, and it's an open ditch from off the Rogue River and we're mm-hmm. going in now and trying to get get it all uh, self-contained where we won't get as much um, you know evaporation and loss of water mm-hmm. we can so we can direct the water to the the farms in that little local area down there so that they get a much better usage of their water. Well, the other thing, too, that I've talked to with a lot of these irrigation systems across the country is 
they all agreed too. If you don't want the leakage, helps the aquifers below. So whenever there was irrigation going on during a season, the aquifers were able to also recycle the water and and, and absorb into the aquifers. Uh, when I had a attorney from California on with the problems in California, they had not studied the fact that when they decided to close off the irrigation and not let those fields be watered, they'd forget the aquifers below were going to start drying up. Yeah, you know, I hadn't really thought about that. You're right. You know, I, I, I'm in contact with some of the people in Klamath County, and, you know, they're going the opposite way. Because of the reduction in the, their water they can have for irrigation, you know, with the all the, uh, you know, things about maybe the potential of removing dams on the Klamath River, they've actually went in and drilled deep wells. Mm-hmm. And the people in the surrounding area are now having problems with their, their wells because, because the of the aquifers. It's not being regenerated. Probably. See, when I've been studying water for so many, many, many years, and this, our, and I've had NASA on here and, uh, and NOAA, heads of NASA and NOAA, and, um, and we've been talking about the uh, whole solar system, that where air affects the whole solar system. We happen to have the water here. And so the humidity of our air and the water source on the surface of our globe has a lot to do with the resource of our humidity and the relationship to our position in the solar system for what we're doing nature-wise. When you stop irrigating and, uh, and, or you're closing it up in pipes, all of a sudden the aquifers below, let's say you have a year that doesn't get hardly any rain, well, the aquifers cannot replenish themselves. They, uh, they do it, though, during irrigation uh, seasons. Yeah, you know, you can see that in our, because I, I believe we're coming out of a drought cycle. There's no doubt that, you know, over the last 20 years, our rainfall in Josephine County has re, has been reduced. And I think we're just now starting to pull out of it. And you can go out and see the damage in the, in the woods. Uh, t- trees that are would, should be normally healthy are starting to, are, some of them are actually dying. But they're actually, a lot of our forest now is distressed. So I, I believe you're right, you know, the, and hopefully we're we're out of this drought cycle now. We're, mm-hmm. You know, the last two years, the, the late rains have, have helped a great deal. And you know something, Larry, I don't want to get you in any political situation with my next one comment here, but something else I've studied and studied around the world with others discussing this is dams are a, are a reservoir of water. And when you put that reservoir of water in that spot, thinking about a time of life that you may not have enough, but it also helps keep the aquifers healthy enough. Um, the, you know, uh, when you let it all run to the ocean um, and it's not being held back for a reservoir of water, called they call them dams, but a reservoir of water, and other countries of the world have found them to be successful. I know the East Coast found them to be successful. Um, that, that reservoir of water also, uh, when we've talked to people on the show that are in positions at headwaters or wherever, they said, too, those reservoirs of water have saved the the agriculture to grow the food, but also communities from going into their severe drought so they could work their way out of the drought and then also be able to keep those aquifers somewhat healthy. If they closed it all up in pipes, they wouldn't enable to affect the aquifers, but the dam, the reservoir, was a huge assistance to them. 
Oh, I've, you're, you're no doubt right about that. Just look at the, the dams that have been removed in the Rogue River in the last couple of years uh, and the surrounding neighbors from those, uh, re, you know, the water that was retained behind the dams, their, uh, their soil's already starting to change. They're, they're, they're suffering like a mini drought. Uh, the, the water levels in some of their uh, ponds they use for irrigation have gone down dramatically. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think that removing the dams off the Well, road, let's call them, if they don't like the word dam, call reservoir. it a reservoir. Right? Call it a reservoir. <laughs> you, know. you know, and then if they don't want to think about the surface of the earth compared to the rest of the universe, which they don't think that far ahead, think, think about the, the um, aquifers below that made all this possible. When the very first rain started on the planet Earth, it came down and absorbed in through the earth and went into what's called a uh, caves, aquifers. Modern man called them aquifers and stored water. And then all of a sudden they filled up and came to the surface and began the uh, streams and the creeks, the streams and the rivers and the lakes. And then the lowest part, part went down to the oceans and it started an ocean. And uh, those aquifers are vital to all life on earth. Oh, there's no doubt about that, you know, and, and anything we can do to, I believe, and it's just, just a personal belief that we can do to retain the water that we get, and we're, we're looking to start doing a lot of that is um, rainwater retention, um, mm-hmm. and this is something that go. can be done. I like that one. can be done ur- you know, in the urban environment as well as the, um, you know, the rural environment, you know. Mm-hmm. If you've got a 5,000-square-foot house, you get so many inches of rain that run off your house, don't get there a chance to be absorbed in the ground into the soil yeah. and if you can put a, a rainwater retention system in and there's four or five six different types mm-hmm. that that are that are being done successfully in Josephine and Jackson County mm-hmm. um, you're just you know not only you're cutting your water bill down in the summer if you live in the city because now you have water to irrigate your 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 lawns and keep you know but you're saving that runoff from going down in the river. Well, we're going to have the National Geographic on here again, and he's going to be talking to me about what Singapore has been doing, Larry, about the recycling water. Oh, I, I, and, you know, I, they've had to depend upon Malaysia for so long. Yeah. And Singapore has then learned how to recycle it and keep that water a benefit, constantly moving, keeping it alive, keep it going. And, uh, that is something that you're right about the recycling. It is so exciting. It's fun, but it, it, it don't let that all all that water go down to the ocean. Uh, we want to keep some of it for the rest of us, right? Exactly. And, <laughs> we you know, know the anything ocean you can is do. alive and got a lot and a life there, but we've also got something going on here in dry land. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, even in the urban areas, if you can retain four or five hundred gallons of water in the wintertime, and you, that's really easily done in Josephine County. Yeah. And, it, you know, it cuts down the, the, the uh, pull on the, on the city water supplies in the, mm-hmm. in the summertime because you already have water to, to do whatever you want, you know, gardening mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. just landscaping, and you don't have to rely on water from the city mm-hmm. to, uh, to do that. Right. It saves you money. Well, we're out of time. Okay. This was fun. I really liked uh, what we heard. We learned a lot. We know that li- uh, life is in the soil, and uh, without the water, there is no life. And those aquifers are vital, and we need water on the surface of the earth to have humidity. Well, thank you very much. And well, thank you, Larry. You have a nice day, and I think Southern Oregon is going to have a, an 80-degree day. 
I, I think we're going to get one today. I'm okay, kind of looking forward nice to it, day. actually. Thank you. Thank you, and be well. Bye. Bye. Wow. Well, we learned a lot today, and that's what the show is all about. Uh, as you know, I keep getting back to the humidity in the water because humidity is water. But what we need to know every moment of the day is that when you're living and you get out of bed, you have your first glass of water when you get out of bed, and then from the rest of the day, every other hour or so, try to get eight to ten glasses of plain water. No sugar, no sodium. It has to be water. And then you know that the humidity that you're living in is so important to you because the eyes are water, your body is water, your skin is water. You must maintain water to be able to fight the diseases, be healthy. And even the brain is 80 to 90% water. Did you ever feel stressed out? What happens to the brain when you get so tired? And did you notice when your brain is tired, your eyes will get dry? Water at the surface of the eyes is dehydrating. The word dehydration, I'm going to bring back into your focus, dehydration. Well, I want you to thank you for listening today. You know, Earth has a secret. Embrace your life, your life, every precious moment. But Earth whispers, leave something behind. Give somebody a hug, but also leave something that is very important that you think is special to leave behind, like a footprint. I want to thank you for listening. You have a nice day, and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinerHour.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.